You're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive at Amber and BG. Mark Roberts has had an impressive 15 years as a professional footballer. He's now using the skills he gained on the field to coach others. I speak to Mark about how the values in sport can be used for success in the business world. Here's that conversation. Um, yeah, delighted to, to be here, Ellen, and thank you for inviting me on. Um, my background is professional football. So I had a 15-year professional football career, uh, which is double the average if you if you look at the stats. So I did um, I did okay and kind of maximised the talent that I have. Um, but I'm now sort of making that transition into the the next chapter of my life. And as part of that, I returned to university. Um, I studied at Salford for an MBA for CEOs in sports, uh, partly because my fascination has always been on the business side of, of the industry. And I felt that that was a, an opportunity for me to, to give back, but also um, impact more people than perhaps the more traditional management or coaching route that I think a lot of people expected me to make because I captained most of the football clubs that I played for. Um, I was still playing semi-professionally up until the latest lockdown. But like many athletes, um, I've missed my sport and, and had that taken away from me. And I've got no complaints because at 37, I'm, I'm certainly in the twilight of my career. But having played for 20 years, it's uh, it's still something that you miss. So I combine playing semi-professional football with uh, two other roles that I've been, been lucky enough to uh, secure since making my transition out of professional football. I act as a personal development mentor for the league football education. So I work primarily with uh, young aspiring professional footballers and in and around their personal and professional development. And I also work as an associate for Switch the Play Foundation, which is a charitable organisation which helps athletes across all sports. So it's given me a great opportunity to sort of broaden my horizons and um, not just work within football, which is it's obviously my, my sport and where my experience lies. But I've also worked with people in the Super League, um, women's sport, rugby, cricket, uh, you name it. Um, there might be different challenges, but in a way we all face it as athletes in the same way. Um, just kind of trying to help people as, you know, as many people as we can to develop themselves beyond sport. So that's been really interesting to work in those um, those roles. And, and since graduating from my MBA, I started my own business uh, called Lead Grow Pro and hopefully taking some of the lessons that I've learned from both my football and also the knowledge I've acquired from my MBA into the business world to help support individuals and teams in organisations too. So can you tell me a little bit more about the process and perhaps the inspiration from you moving from playing sport to coaching and starting your own business? I think partly from my own experience of understanding that my competitive advantage in, in a highly competitive industry, um, being professional sport, was always sort of looking outside the bubble of football and, and looking at ways to develop as an individual. And I, I understood, understood very early in my, my career how important personal development was for me. I, I would never say that I was the most talented individual or the most gifted individual, but by developing myself in different ways, I think that not only 
made me maximise my talent, but also ensured that I stayed for such a long time at the top of my game. And I, and I saw and I, I saw that and understood that and, and by developing myself and returning to university and understanding the lessons and the theory behind that, I feel that it's within me to help other people on the pitch wearing a captain's armband. I've kind of led through example, but since making that transition and working with particularly young people, it's shown me how important it is to, to understand people's issues and problems and find their solutions from their perspective. And I think it's really helped me returning to, to university and returning to academics to understand that that different lens of perspective is very important when you're helping people um, in different scenarios too. So you've kind of touched on it in your answer there, but can you tell me a little bit more about the key characteristics that leaders can take from sport that would give them an edge in business? Definitely, I think understanding that different people lead in different ways. Um, although I've been seen as a leader in my sport, I also recognise that without my teammates, I wouldn't be the leader that I am. And, and, and I think everyone leads in different ways and that might be quiet leadership and that might be more vocal leadership. But I think leaders of organisations, if they can empower their staff and empower their employees, which can happen on the sports field, um, but also in the business world as well, I think that gets the very best out of people. Uh, I think when people take ownership and they have that autonomy to make decisions for themselves and, and create um, the, the results they're trying to, to work towards, I think that can be a very powerful thing. Um, so I always encourage people to, to find their, their own way of leading, um, but also to collaborate with other people in their teams and, and across teams to ensure that the best results are achieved, but also the people that achieve them feel that they've had a contribution um, towards the goals that have been set. And you just completed your MBA, but how do you think that executive education, like why is it the key to creating managers of the future? Um, well, the, re- the reason that I returned um, to executive education was part- partly to, to see how I was going to apply those lessons that I'd learned in my field. Um, but when I went on that course, there were people from all across the sports industry, people from different backgrounds. Now, mine was from the performance angle, people from law, people from, you know, football agents, you know, loads of different experiences, um, but it all come to improve themselves. And I think that was the key for me, that it was people wanting to be the best that they could be. And whether it's my, myself and my experience, which is obviously from the performance angle, it was to get skills that I hadn't got already. Now, my experience is, and I, and I feel very passionate about that, is that in sports, I've experienced things that other people can't, whereas the skills, the knowledge that I've acquired by returning to academics, I think they are learnable. Um, my experiences are mine to share, but I also need to understand how I'm going to share them. So executive education has helped me do that. I think there's more athletes like myself returning, not just to do degrees, but postgraduate studying to understand those lessons that you've learned on a much deeper level because it's all right having the experiences, but if you don't know how to apply them and affect people in a positive way, then they're not as powerful as they possibly could be. So executive education has been a huge part of my journey and my development, but I think it's really just 
that lifelong learning. And although formal education has been the route that I've taken, when I'm encouraging people with personal development, we also ensure that it's not just education, it's looking at different ways. And I think if you can teach yourself to learn when you reach those plateaus that everyone everyone does, whether that's sport or business, or they reach those difficult moments, if you're learning in a different way and you can remind yourself that you can develop in different ways, I think that can help you deal with adversity in a very um, efficient and effective way. What do you think coming from kind of a leadership, but also as well in business and in sport, what do you think are the kind of characteristics of a good leader in a sporting capacity and in a business one? I think good leadership is is the same, whether it's sport or business. I think empathy has to be underpinning the best leaders. And I think understanding people, empowering people, again, whether that's in a sporting setting or business environment. I think we had a, I had a manager um, in a very successful period of my career who gave us that ownership and he developed different leaders within um, our dressing room. And he called us cultural architects. Now, I've, I've read a lot about that since um, in the books that I've read and the theory I've explored. And I think by allowing us to develop um, the values that, that we wanted to stand for had a huge impact on our performance on the field. So I think that was certainly something that I take into the business world is that stand and deliver approach is it works for some people and it can it can be effective but i believe in what we call in sport guided guided discovery i think if you can find the answers for yourself then long sustainable um change can occur and i think that leads to the most effective results and what about the values that bond teams together obviously in a sports team you have to be very um a tight-knit group and really depend on each other but in a business team it's maybe not so promoted that that's a thing how can you transfer the bonds from a sports team to maybe a business team I think you 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 recognize early in sport that you can't do it alone in my sport anyway um a football or a team sport it doesn't matter if you're the most talented individual even like someone like Cristiano Ronaldo needs his, his teammates around him to support him so he can perform at his best and I think recognising that you've all got a role to play um, is, is, is vitally important. And I think the same does apply in business. Now, it will depend on the results that are being um, achieved or, or aimed for. But I think if you can work together, you can lift each other to, to great places. And um, as I've learned in sport, that you can stand on tiptoes and achieve incredible results. You can, David can defeat Goliath um, I've been in some fantastic dressing rooms where we had no right to win the the games that we were going into but there was a belief there a camaraderie between each other that was instilled in us by the management team and, and the leadership that ran through the organisation where we did believe anything was possible and I think if you can take that into another context which I'm trying to do um, I think ultimately the people involved feel a lot more connected to what they're part of. And, and I think that's a big word really for me, connection. Um, and how you're not, not just connected with one another, but connected to the purpose of the thing that you're working towards. And I think if you've got that collective purpose, then anything is possible. So what about 
being competitive, obviously that's really important in sport, but in organisations it's something that is really valued as well. But how can organisations use individuals' competitive edges for success without creating a culture of toxicity? Yeah, I think I think it's a really good point because obviously in, in, in sport, even if you've got the high performer, um, particularly in, in team sport, the, it has to be reined in to a degree um, by the leadership, by the manager. And I watched a fascinating doc- documentary, uh, The Last Dance. So you've got Michael Jordan, um, the greatest basketballer of all time, or Kobe Bryant. Now, Phil Jackson was able to harness that talent that those two individuals had for the betterment of the team. And, and, I, and I watched that and, and I saw so many parallels to my sport, but also in the business world, that we've got to encourage high performers to get that extra percent out of them. But we can also encourage even the, the greatest, whether it's athletes or people in the business world, to help other people too. And when I returned to study for, towards my dissertation, I, I looked a lot at human motivation, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and, and it's, it's quite common in, in sport to, to feel that self-actualization um, that people aspire to, towards in, in, in Maslow's hierarchy. But then when I, I dug a bit deeper and I researched a bit more, even Maslow accepted that his hierarchy was incomplete and the sixth tier, um, self-transcendence, involves obviously connecting with other people. And I think even the, the high performers need that or crave or are motivated even on a greater level when they are lifting those around them too. So Phil Jackson in basketball was able to encourage Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant to develop their own leadership skills. And in order to get more out of the, their teammates, they were able to also achieve great results themselves. So I think ensuring that individuals don't work in isolation is important and making sure those strong bonds are, are taken care of, but also people are aware why it's important. And I think that that clear communication or clarity of purpose, collective purpose is so, so important. So in your coaching experience, what do you think are the main traits that hold people back from reaching their full potential? Well, it's, it's an interesting, again, another interesting question, because it, it's something that we address in the, in the, the personal development programs that we work with, with young athletes. And it's something that I've taken into the business world too. So whereas we look at developing self-awareness, first and foremost, we look at identity and personal development. We also look at the things that might be holding us back. And I think when you become more aware of those things, it's then important to give those individuals, those teams, a clear roadmap of how they're going to improve and address those areas that they've identified. And self-reflection underpins all of the work that I do, both in sport and in business. I think the more reflective we've become as individuals, we can make better decisions and we can then reflect forwards. So try try really hard not to just reflect backwards um, over a period of time because I've seen many athletes where they have the benefit of hindsight and experience. They look back at the end of a career. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. But you really don't know unless you're in that moment. So if we're in that moment at the very start of the journey, can we develop individuals? Can we make themselves more self-aware so they are making more informed decisions moving forward? So so I think that's that's a big thing. Um, and I think if, if individuals and teams both reflect um, on their own and also together 
then um, it can lead to the best results as well. Individuals can often be very focused on winning, but how can this winning culture instead to be moved towards value, connection and innovation? Yeah, I, I suppose in sport, it's so results driven. Um, it's very difficult to escape that sometimes. You see managers fired after two or three bad results. It, it's very difficult to not think that results are the be-all and end-all. And I think it's, again, very important from the top of the organisation and filters through right down to the bottom. It's about what you stand for, what, what is the aim, what is the purpose, what, what is the goal of this organisation, whether that, again, is in a sporting or business um, setting, what do we stand for? What do we believe in? What do we want to be remembered for? And I think you can have both. You can, and I've, and I've seen it. I've been part of those dressing rooms where we had success, but we did it together and we did it in the right way. And it's not me looking back now with rose-tinted glasses, but it's actually knowing that I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. Not money, not, you know, to achieving it at a higher level, but the people that I did it with was um, incredibly important to me. So I think if um, the organisation focuses on, on progress rather than profit, performance, again, rather than profit, we can be part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think most people, if they're being completely honest with themselves, want to be part of something that, that means something to them. So if that meaning is, is clearly defined both by the individual and also the organisation, I think it leads to sustainable results, but also more fulfilled and happy people. I like to end the podcast about asking some kind of practical advice. So what are the sporting values that you believe that business leaders should be matching and taking into their organisations? A constant need or quest quest for improvement really just to d- developing people um finding the, the best in them find the best for themselves can can we improve can we develop um personal growth is is a huge huge thing for me can we find that in the organization we're working for hopefully if not then perhaps we might find need to find new ways to, to create solutions for people but i think yeah if, if the focus is on the individual and and how do we get the best out of them i think that is again critically important well thank you so much for being on the podcast mark it's been such an interesting discussion thank you alan thank you so much to mark for being on the podcast if you'd like more about leadership head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out to the next ambition podcast